TII item 457, February 28th, 2018. iOS 11.3 beta 3. Happy birthday, Vic. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jeff wrote the following. Hello, Rob. Here's a photo of me in front of the Apple Store in Southdale Mall in Edina, Minnesota. Interesting note, the Southdale Mall was the first indoor mall. Uh, it helped that it was built in Minnesota, where the winners made it nice to have a temperature-controlled 73-degree shopping experience. I took the photo with my iPhone 6S and used Polar Photo Editor Lite to add the text. Regards, Jeff Nelson. Well, thanks, Jeff, for sending this in. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 457 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. Folks, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on an iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And you guys haven't sent in music in a long time. Just saying. This week, we have promo codes for the iBook, The High Order Bit by Kenneth J. Emery. Here is the review of the iBook from the author. Hey, Rob. It's Ken from South Jersey. I just wrote a book, released it to the iBookstore. It took a lot less time to go live than I thought it would. It's called The High Order Bit, The Uncommon Sense of Steve Jobs. And it tries to take the wisdom of Steve that's strewn throughout keynote presentations at WWDC, Macworld, interviews, other things that are published or not really published, but other interviews maybe with some other uh, Apple leaders and distills them into a group of principles. Uh, It's only $1.99. It's not very long, but I think it's pretty profound, Uh, not because I wrote it, but because it's really getting at the principles that Steve lived by. So check it out on the App Store. If you search on the high order bit, you'll find it. Thanks, Rob, for the time and for all you do. Well, Ken, thanks for your review of your iBook, The High Order Bit, and for sending in the 20, well, 19 now, promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this iBook, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put the high order bit in the subject line. And I think I'm going to do this one first come, first serve. So get them in and I'll just send them out although it's going to take a couple days because right now I'm at the show uh, Proclaim 18, which is also known as National Religious Broadcaster Show. So I'm going to be a little behind here. Uh, and that's why my voice is shot because every time I go to a show, I lose my voice. And I'm also on a different mic. So apologize for my voice today, folks. Uh, hopefully by next episode, I will have it fully back. Last week, Apple released iOS 11.3 Beta 3 to the devs and then to public beta testers. I would like to say Beta 3 is mostly just about bug fixes and optimization, but alas, I cannot. This is also about a clawback. Every so often in betas, a new feature shows up in an early beta only to be clawed back in a later update. 
And AirPlay 2 is the feature clawed back in iOS 11.3 Beta 3. Ooh, yes. This means, for now, you cannot choose to play music on multiple Apple TVs, 4th and 5th gen, for example. Obviously, no one outside of Apple knows the reason for the clawback, but we have seen that before, when a past version um, is re- it's removed from a past version, a future version would get it back, maybe a couple betas later, or sometimes it's gone for good. But since Apple said AirPlay 2 is coming in the future, we can kind of guess this is a temp removal for now, but the removal is a removal nonetheless. As we've said multiple times before, Apple does not seem to want to do betas in ones, so they also seeded tvOS 11.3 beta 3, and yep, AirPlay 2 was clawed back there as well. Then, of course, there were bug fixes and optimizations, but boo hiss on the clawback. And finally, watchOS 4.3 beta 3 was released last week as well, and it had some new animations when launching apps that need to load, and new alert style when unlocking Macs with the Apple Watch. So actually, the watchOS 4.3 beta 3 had something new. There were a bunch of reports about iOS 11.3 coming out as Goldmaster this week that are all traced back to Shure, the microphone people, as in the infamous Shure SM58, a mic built so rugged it can survive drunk musicians. I kid you not, that's what the guy from Shure told me it was designed for. Seems Shure sent out a tweet about an issue with the MV88 that they said would be fixed this week when Apple released iOS 11.3 because, yes, the social media person at Shure no doubt is privy to Apple's iOS release schedule. I mean, all companies that get inside info from Apple immediately tell their social media people that info. Because it's not like Apple cares if you actually spill any secrets on social media, right? And when was the last time a single dot update only had three betas besides? It's been a long time, if you want the answer. I would be shocked if iOS 11.3 goes Goldmaster and is released this week. I think we got a few more betas in our future for iOS 11.3. Since the release of iOS 11.2.6, the one I said to update to on the last show, a few people out there have reported issues with their AirPods not connecting correctly. To fix the issue, go to Bluetooth with the AirPods in your ears and find the AirPods in the settings and tap on forget device for them. Then, um, once you're done with that, put them back in the case and then repair them. Again, you do that by putting them in the case and you push and hold the little button on the case. Once repaired, as in re-P-A-I-R, pairing them, getting them back uh, in sync with your iPhone, that seems to fix the issue, which again seems to be a very, very small percentage of users. But of course, if you are one of those users, you're looking at a sample size of one, and that's 100%. So I can understand the few of you that had this issue, the frustration. Again, simply unpairing and repairing seems to fix the issue. If you are a dev and you have your app in the App Store, you can now update your app to have up to 10 screenshots on your product page. But at some point, with all the pics, why would the user not just download the app? And also, adding all these extra screenshots, you may get to a point where you start actually giving people a list of reasons not to download the app. So pick those extra screenshots wisely. And if you do not have 10 good screenshots, go with the number you do have. You don't have to do 10. It's just now an option. You can, and maybe in many cases, 
should do less. Hey, Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City. I wanted to give you a brief uh, summary of some of my thoughts on the HomePod. I received my HomePod on Friday, the launch day, and I returned it on Monday. I'm not an Apple hater. I know a lot of people are going to say that. I have an iPhone 10. I own Apple stock. I have an Apple TV. I have an iPad, blah, 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 all this stuff. But what people I think are missing is that this HomePod does not have mid-range drivers in it. And so you get the highs and you get the lows, but you lack those mid-range drivers, which pulls all of the sound together, in my opinion, and gives it that nice warm sound. Now, I'm visually impaired, so I feel like I have a pretty good ear for music and speakers and things like that. And I'm a Sonos user. I also have used the Amazon Echoes and all that. And I can tell you the Sonos is a lot warmer sounding speaker and because you can hear the mids, you can actually, you know, hear the warmth in the speaker. But the HomePod, in my opinion, was just kind of harsh because you have all these tweeters and you have the subwoofer, but you have nothing to basically pull those two things together. Now, I do like the fact that they did include voiceover on the HomePod, so if you have voiceover turned on your phone, it will turn it on the HomePod, and then someone who's blind or visually impaired can operate the touch-sensitive controls on the top. I don't like the fact that they made a cable that's not detachable, therefore they kind of force you into buying a... Uh, and at the Apple Care program or whatever, to me that's kind of crummy. I don't like the fact they included a really meshy grill on it, a real fabric, you know, like a fabric grill because you can't put that around any kind of moisture, humidity, or anything like that, or it's going to ruin it eventually. So, um, you know, I just for the price, I will take Sonos any day. Um, I think it sounds okay. But it definitely doesn't, in my opinion, sound amazing like some of these people are making because what makes a great speaker are the highs, the mids, the lows, and that pulls everything together. But when you take one of those elements out, you're basically having to try and sort of simulate the thing that you've taken out. And in this case, Apple took out the mid-range drivers, and so they're having to try to simulate mids, which, in my opinion, they don't do a very good job of. So... That's just kind of my brief thoughts on the subject. It's, it was an easy setup. I like that. Um, you know, the looks of it's kind of cool, except for, the, like I said, the fabric mesh covering. I thought they could have maybe done a, like a hard metal or something. But um, as far as that goes, I just don't think it's a wonderful sounding speaker, not for $350. So that's just kind of my brief opinions. Um, take it however you want. Uh, the one thing that no reviewer that I've seen has mentioned this is the HomePod will not work on the 5 gigahertz wireless network. I only use 5 gigahertz in my home, and when the HomePod wouldn't work, I had to turn on my 2.4 gigahertz wireless network in order for the HomePod to work. So I was very disappointed to see that, and I don't know if many people even know about that, but yeah, that's something I stumbled across, so that is a bummer as well. Anyway... Appreciate the show. Those are my thoughts. Take care. Hi, Brent. Thanks for the feedback. For your last item there uh, on Wi-Fi, the HomePod uses 802.11ac MIMO. 802.11.ac works exclusively in the 5 gigahertz band. So it does work on 5 gigahertz. It actually won't work on the 2.5 gigahertz. So I'm not sure what happened there, but 
at least according to Apple specs on this, it is 802.11ac MIMO. Now, as per the mesh covering around the Apple HomePod, that is acoustically invisible covering. So it doesn't dampen any of the sound coming out of it. So they've designed that mesh so any sound waves do not get degraded going through it. So that's why they don't have a metal covering on it. That mesh covering is meant to improve the sound by not degrading the sound. So thank you for your feedback. Now let's get into some more feedback on the Apple HomePod. Hi Rob, one more reason to get a HomePod? To automate your home lighting and other devices that are Apple HomeKit compatible. Regards, Thomas, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hi Rob, we have about a week's worth of experience with our new HomePod. I want to give you a little feel of how we've worked with it. Adding HomePod to our family of Apple products in our home was not something we felt necessary. However, my wife had a substantial Apple gift card. I added a second card, so we pulled our resources and we got into the smart speaker world. Setup was about as automated as you could get. HomePod saw my iPhone and that was that. One thing I was wondering was answered at the end of the installation. Could someone, my wife, who did not do the setup, have access to the control of the HomePod? The answer was a big yes, as I was prompted to send an invitation to others to provide them access. My wife got the invite, clicked a few times, and she was attached. It is also easy to change the settings to give guests access to the device, allowing them to stream music from their own device to the HomePod. This is either a great thing for parties, or it may be a worse thing for parties, depending on your friend's taste and music, I guess. Oh, and I should add this. This is Rob now. Um, or if you have a nine-year-old son, and he thinks it's pretty funny that when you're in your office and you're working away, that all of a sudden he starts blasting out kids' bop. Just saying. Um, here's the problem with the HomePod that I anticipated. Now, back to the email. And proved to be true. Portability. My wife and I work at home, and our time is spent predominantly in our kitchen and our office. The two spaces are not connected to each other. We like listening to music and radio while we are in the kitchen as well as while we are working during the day. I have been moving the little baby every day from the kitchen to the office in the morning and then back to the kitchen at the end of the workday, if there's such a thing. It's not designed for such activity. If you live in an apartment with a bunch of closely connected living spaces, the home part is a slam dunk. If you live in a multi-room home, it is still a good choice, especially if you like to listen to music in one particular space. Otherwise, you may see yourself faced with the decision to buy multiple units once you get hooked on the sound quality and the ease of using Siri to control the device. One other thing, until now, I deleted the Apple Home app prior to having the HomePod. I really had no motivation to start investing in HomeKit devices. Now I'm looking at products that are HomeKit compatible to see how I can take advantage of the automation feature and the app. So congratulations, Apple. You have once again created a new gateway drug to your evolving technology platforms. I am looking forward to future updates and development, which will surely improve its value over time. Regards, Jonathan Miller. Everyone, thank you for your feedback. Good, positive feedback, some negative feedback. It's a mixed bag. Again, as we said in the last episode, if you're on the fence, you're really just going to have to get one and try it out for yourself. Go to someone's house that has one. Uh, you can do what Brent in Oklahoma did. Try it out. Return it if you don't like it. 
I do agree with the comments about the cord. Uh, really wish that was detachable. I think that's a big mistake. I think the next generation will have a detachable cord. I have no idea why it was not a USB-C cord. It just doesn't make any sense. I want to once again thank Casper for supporting our show in 2018. Tonight is a little bittersweet. Normally the nights I record are the nights I get my best night sleep as I get to go use the Casper mattress as recording night means a kid sleep with mom. Dad sleeps on the Casper mattress. But tonight I'm on the road and I get a Murphy bed in my hotel room. Yes, I kid you not. And that is so not a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress is by far the best and most comfortable mattress in our home. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. They offer sizes from twin to California kings with great price. And with Casper, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. If you don't like it, you get your money back, and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. If you go to casper.com TII and use promo code TII, you'll save $50 towards any mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. You order online and it's delivered right to your door, so no need to go out in the cold to get it either. And one of the key reasons why their mattress pricing is so affordable is because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. That helps really lower the price. With delivery right now of said mattresses for the U.S. and Canada, and it is free delivery. Once said mattress is delivered, it is in a squarish box that you think, no way is there a mattress in there. But you cut open the package and the mattress opens up and expands to form. It's really amazing. I mean, just Google Casper mattress unboxing and you'll see. Again, to save $50 on a mattress, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress and for sponsoring this show. Hey, Rob. It's Justin from Pennsylvania. I guess I was responding to uh, why Siri, why iCloud Photos over Google Assistant and Google Photos. It's what Rob always says. If you aren't paying for the service, you are the product. If Siri doesn't work for you, I guess there's really not much we can you can do about that. I, I know you've been trying for quite a while to get Siri to understand you, and for some reason, you guys don't get along. So I don't know if there's much ways around that, but Google harvests your data, uses it to sell you things, target ads to you, make money off of you. It does not have a customer service wing for you. Something goes wrong. If the cops come by and want your data, they hand it over. No problem. Also the same if anything's on iCloud. They legally in the United States have to hand over their data if there's a warrant. So, I mean, if you're keeping things in the cloud, it is less secure than when it's secured on a device that has a passcode on it that is encrypted. So it's all about how important your data and your personal information is to you. I don't want Google having every photo I take of my kid. I trust Apple. If Apple, you know, they care about privacy. It's something... It's what they sell for. It's what I pay to be in the ecosystem for. If that, I know that my privacy is important to them. And they, they're not selling me because they're trying to sell me a product, which is the new phone or the new HomePod or whatever it is. It's not to, not to sell my data to somebody else. But if you like Google services, they're great. I, I use Gmail and I think it's really good. So, I mean, hey, you 
make your own choices, make your own information. Google's got a great suite of services. The reason why they're on majority of the phones in the world is because it's a good service. So make your choice, and uh, I hope you're happy with the choices you make with your information. And chances are nothing bad's going to happen. So, all right, thank you very much, Rob. Have a great day. Justin, as always, thanks for your feedback. Into the Google Plus community, I'm pull this next one. It's from user Carol Goodman. And this is a message for my wife who really does not like that I actually save all my Apple boxes for all the products I've ever gotten from Apple. Quote, heads up, my purse was stolen a few weeks ago and I had my AirPods in my ears, but the case was lost when my purse was stolen. Went to the Apple store to get a new case, $79.00. Brought the AirPods with me, but that was not enough. I had to have the serial number of the AirPods before I could get a new case. So, an FYI, luckily I had saved my box for my AirPods that they came in, unquote. Well, thank you, Carol, and I'll be sure to read that to my wife the next time she asks why I'm saving all the boxes. Just hope she does not say, why don't you just take a picture of them and save the pictures. Shh, don't listen to this episode, honey. Hey, Rob, this is me in Portland, Oregon, before I head off to my semi-truck. I figured I'd ask a question about this uh, whole thing about force-quitting apps. I constantly do it myself. I'm concerned of people tracking me, not not because of any reason, but if whatever you do, social media, whatever, people know about what you got, what you're doing, where you are. There's this little thing inside the apps that allow you to track people. For example, I had an iPhone app for quite a while, and I was able to take Google Analytics and be able to track when people are using the app, as well as Flurry, to get data from the users. I would rather force quit my app because I have all of my apps set to don't allow tracking while not using the app. It's just, I don't know, it's a security thing for me. Call me ignorant or something, but uh, this idea of it sitting running in the background with the refresh on, which means that they're constantly able to monitor what I'm doing, is just not cool for me. Anyway, you have a good day, Rob. Appreciate the podcast, as always. All right. Bye. Well, something. Thank you for sending that in. You don't have to really worry for most applications. If you say don't use location services, when the app's not in use, it should not be using them. Forget Big Brother. The real issue about apps using location services all the time is battery drain. So if an app is using location services when it shouldn't, and there were cases where the Uber app was doing that, and it was tracking where you were when it wasn't supposed to be, that caused battery drain. It was an issue with Facebook. That causes battery drain. So forget Big Brother, tinfoil hat, and all the other things that people worry about. I know me, I'm not interesting enough for the government to track. But when those location services is going, what that means is my battery life is getting drained, and that I don't like. Uh, I recently had an issue with my Apple Watch, where normally it goes three days, and it's fine. Well, I had an app, and uh, on my Apple Watch, when I opened it up, it kept trying to get access and that app caused my Apple Watch to drain in less than a day. So it normally will go three days, it was going out in a day. So I force quit all my apps, I rebooted the Apple Watch and boom, battery life is back to three days plus. 
So to me, apps that are checking your location when they shouldn't be, and there have been reports of those, that is a battery drain issue. Now, again, if you select only check location services when in use, then it shouldn't do that. And, and if you find out it is doing that, let Apple know because that app is breaking the rules. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, caller Danny from the UK brings up some good points. Yes, Siri and voiceover commands have their downfalls. Apple does like to charge for extras that can be gotten free from third-party providers like CloudSpace. Uh, Apple also charges quite the premium for hardware as compared to what may be available from other electronic smart devices manufacturers. The fact that Danny, as well as you, me, and all your listeners, as well as countless others, still purchase devices from Apple is proof positive that Apple is a desirable and likable product. I think of Apple as plug-and-play, the equivalent to home uh, to a home that is a turnkey ready. I find my MacBook Air, my iPad, my Apple Watch, and my iPhone easily and intuitively to use, or intuitive to use. Siri connects me directly to my devices. I don't have to find a workaround or use a third-party application. Apple iCloud allows me immediately immediate access to my data across all devices and allows for quick and easy way for me to back up and restore unless I choose the choice is made to start fresh or of course whatever negative Siri voiceover and Apple as a whole have is greatly outweighed by the benefits I'll just stick with Siri over Alexa or hey Google just my opinion by the way we don't hear enough from our friends across the pond on the show. I find the citizens of the UK to be refreshingly blunt and humorous uh, about it without being disrespectful. Thank you for the show. I always learn something each episode and enjoy listening. Regards, David S. Springfield, Illinois. Well, David, thank you for the feedback. And I will put as much feedback from the UK as I can. I am totally a Brit file. My favorite musician is Chris DeBerg. I drink tea. Uh, I, well, I guess I'm now hooked on watching Willow uh, and cricket, and I used to play rugby. So yeah, I'm I'm as a Britophile as I you know uh, I'm a wannabe Brit. Sorry. In any case, yes, if you're in the UK, and we do get a bunch of UK listeners sending in, and of course our our favorite UK um, feedback comes from Daniel because well Daniel's just Daniel. There's no other way to describe Daniel. And Daniel, if you're listening, have a nice day. Hey Rob, it's Rich in Huntsville. Just curious if anybody else has had an issue I've got. Starting with 11.2.5, I only get sound out of the right channel through Bluetooth. And this happens both with the Overwatch app I use for podcasts and through the music app. I initially thought it was my car, but then this morning I went for a walk uh, and was using Bluetooth headphones and it's doing the same thing there. I only get sound through the right channel. So if anybody's got a solution, I would certainly appreciate it. Appreciate your podcast and all that you do. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Rich, thanks for the feedback. I have not heard or seen that issue. If someone has had this issue and fixed it or has had the issue and is trying to fix it, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hello, Rob. I've been an Android user for almost eight years but I'm tired of the update situation on Android. When I had a Nexus phone, updates were fine, but now I switched phone carriers, now using a low-end Android phone. 
One of my daughters is on iOS, and I love how the iPhone just works. So now I'm thinking of switching. The iPhone 8 Plus and the iPhone 10 are available with the new carrier. I love the latest and greatest phones, and usually aim for the largest screen available. But I like the look of the iPhone 10. Is the iPhone 10 still worth my hard-earned cash? With the iPhone being discontinued later this year, regards Leon from New Jersey. Leon, the iPhone 10 is not going to technically be discontinued. They're just going to update it to the next version, and then they just won't sell it anymore. So, okay, technically it's discontinued, but it's not like the whole design is going away and they just killed the design. It's just that they're upgrading it to the next version, and we'll talk more about that later in the rumors. But it is a question to you. How long do you want to suffer in agony in that horrible ecosystem known as Android? The sooner you get out, the sooner your life will be better. Now, if you always want the greatest, best, and greatest, you're going to have to wait all the way till September uh, before Apple rolls out the next. And then, even then, it could be later. It could be October or November before it's in availability. At this point, I'd say if you like the biggest screen possible, go with the 8 Plus. That is a bigger screen, uh, and you don't mind the size. But if you want the 10 with the no home button and face ID, go with the 10. But it, it, it sounded like from your email, you were more of a person that wanted a bigger screen, and then that's the 8 Plus. Hey, Rob. This is Jonathan Miller calling in Evergreen, Colorado. Hope you are doing great. I am calling today regarding a feature that appeared on my phone and then went away, and now I really want it back. For the longest time, I've been wanting to make a phone call on my iPhone and then transfer that call to my iMac so I could make the connection with whoever was calling on my computer instead of on my phone. That was never available. You could always go from the iMac to the iPhone, but not vice versa. Then, all of a sudden, that feature showed up, and I was able to make calls, and then the audio options would show up, and in the audio options was my iMac. Well, that feature is now gone from my phone. I can't. I can go the other way. I can go from the iMac to my phone, but can't go the other direction. I'm wondering if any other of your listeners have have noticed this, have had the same experience. All of the tech docs online say that it only exists in the iMac to iPhone direction. So I'm perplexed. Anyhow, thanks so much to you and to your community. I appreciate it. Hope you're making it a good one. Bye-bye. Jonathan, thanks for calling in. And folks, if someone out there can help Jonathan, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Angel Voice for this next one, which is an article from ZDNet titled, quote, Apple admits iOS is a mess, has a plan to make it better, unquote. Because that title is not link-baitish at all. But hey, I guess it worked. We bit. The article is based off an article from Bloomberg titled, How Apple Plans to Root Out Bug Revamp uh, software, which is not nearly as link betaish The article talks about the rumored new features for iOS 12, including a digital health tool for parents to see how much time children have been using the devices, and hopefully some way to ration out access to time. 
They also talked about Apple this year pushing out some new features that were supposed to go in iOS 12 out to iOS 13 and beyond so that engineers can spend more time on making iOS more stable and bug-free. This is clearly something that is needed. The past couple of years, the number of betas for each version has increased, meaning there were more and more bugs getting past the initial alpha builds. If this is true about Apple essentially doubling down on quality first, it is very, very much welcomed. Too many bugs where with the last few releases, I, I was telling people, wait, what, six, eight weeks after the initial release of iOS 11.0 to really upgrade? That's not good. I would love to get to the point for a single dot update and a no dot update to just say, release to hounds, release to hounds within a week. Something I definitely am not comfortable telling anyone to do at this point. Even my double dot update recommendations, um, you know, the one that came in last episode, I, I came with a, a twinge in my gut. I mean, it should not be that way. A quick summary from the Bloomberg article on new things that we should look forward to in iOS 12 are an updated stock app, just in time for a stock crash, updated version of Do Not Disturb, updates to allow two people to play AR games simultaneously, and more deeply integrated Siri into the iPhone search view. But saying more deeply integrated Siri or more improved Siri is something touted in every version of iOS since Siri was introduced. The rumored internal name for iOS 12 is Peace. The rumored internal name for the next version of macOS is Liberty. And it is rumored that you will be able to build one app that works on both, bringing peace and liberty to your apps. I do find it funny in multiple articles when they're talking about, quote, significant new features, unquote, then talk about Animojis and FaceTime. OMG. Not Animojis and FaceTime. Wow. Travel schedule be damned. I'm going to install Beta 1 on iOS 12 on my main phone. I can't imagine going one day extra without Animojis and FaceTime that I need to. Really? When people are left reporting Animojis, deeper Siri integration, and improvements to Do Not Disturb are significant new features? Yikes! Absolutely, 100%. Pull back and concentrate on quality. Because what passes for important new features today is quite a bit different than years past. Maybe I could just take June off this year. Looks to be a snoozer. On the iPhone rumor front, one thing that seems to be coming together is that Apple will release new non-SE iPhones with Face ID. Two will be OLED designs and one will be an LCD design. This really is not shocking. I mean, other rumors also have new, new iPad Pros with Face ID. This coming from some source code that was leaked in iOS 11.3, one of the betas. Per the new iPhones for 2018, right now, one rumored camp is gathering around a 5.8-inch OLED, which is the current size of the 10, and a larger, at least 6.5-inch OLED screen. Essentially, that's an iPhone XS and a XS Plus, both OLED designs, with the XS Plus offering the extra landscape mode feature that other Plus sizes have had. But the iPhone X right now does not have. Again, I, I always looked at the iPhone X as an upgrade to the iPhone 7, uh, not to the 7 Plus. 
and then there would be an iPhone 9 that would be an LCD version of something between an iPhone XS and a XS Plus, but also with no home button and with Face ID, this would be a 6.1 inch LCD screen, or so rumored. Again, early rumors, but one camp out there is thinking this is the way it'll be, and the supply chain is also backing up this rumor saying they are seeing order requests for the 3D sensors needed at number levels that would equate to basically all new iPhones being sold starting in Q4. One other rumor out there about 2018 iPhones is improved antennas, or from Ming-Chi Kuo, quote, antenna design upgrade is a key factor in anticipated boost to LTE transmission speeds in new second half 18 fiscal year iPhone models. As LTE antenna FP's uh, flexible printed circuit board material, LCP is supplier uh, superior to PI in properties related to high frequency, thermoformance, and moisture resistance. Uh, we predict second half 18 new iPhones will be equipped with two LCP LTE antenna modules, same as iPhone 10, but with higher speeds to support 4x4 MIMO standards, unquote. Or in other words, new iPhones in 2018 will support the faster LTE standards and allow for best connection speed on T-Mobile and other networks that upgrade to the latest LTE specs. Some of us were disappointed the iPhone X did not support the fastest LTE speeds on T-Mobile this past year. The last part of the 20, iPhone 2018 rumor is the ears will be shorter, or if you want to call it the notch, will be smaller, depending on your perspective. Again, I call them ears. Others call it a notch, half full, half empty, whatever you want to say. But in either case, they're going to be smaller, and that seems to be almost a universally accepted rumor across the board. Another rumor in the past two weeks had it where Apple would start shipping their previously announced wireless charging mat around the end of March. This would also be joined by the new AirPods wireless charging case. Mind you, this is one of those a person in the know or sources with knowledge said type rumors, which as you know equates to someone with a calendar and memory of Apple's announcement trying to guess when these items will actually be launched. And yeah, end of March seems reasonable, so good guess. Either way, Apple said they were coming, and come they will. Per pricing, other rumors had the charging mat at $199, or charging pad, uh, which seems high even for Apple, and then $69 for the AirPod wireless charging case, which is what they currently cost to replace one, so that seems reasonable. Some early benchmark tests are out for the upcoming Sammy Galaxy S9, and how does it compare to the iPhone 10? Um, yeah, better to ask how it compares to the iPhone 7. And even there, it's not up to the task. Performance testing from the 810 processor for the iPhone 7 is better than that for the processor in the new S9, which means it is way behind the iPhone 10 and the 10s. Oh, 10s. <laughs> You know, now that I say this, um, tennis four. Yeah, anyway, tennis anyone? Uh, the iPhone ten S. Yeah. No matter how I say that, I just since it sound right. Maybe there will not be an S version of the ten. Ten S sounds really, really silly. The more I think about it, maybe just getting late at night and I'm punch drunk. 
But in either case, for some reason, all of a sudden now, 10S is stuck in my head, and I can't get that thought out of my head. All right, we're going to move on. Never mind, we're talking about bench tests. Yes, the next-gen spammy super phone from Sammy, um, it's the 2018 version, is not even as fast as the 2016 iPhone 7. Yikes, just saying. Okay, folks, as I mentioned, I've lost my voice, and I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping it up. So that means we're at the Ask Siri part. So let's see. Let's ask Siri, why do we exist? To keep Siri company. Siri likes company. Why do we exist? To have conversations like these. Why do we exist? To help others. At least that's why I exist. Why do we exist? To ask questions like these. Why do we exist? To be or not to be. That is the question. Why do we exist? Well, that chocolate isn't going to eat itself. As I mentioned earlier, I am at the Proclaim 18 show here in Nashville, Tennessee this week. If you're hearing this episode, come by and say hi at the Lipson booth. It's booth 620. Just come by and we'll just chat iOS or whatever you'd like to talk about. So I know there's a few listeners in the past that have come to the show. If you're one of them, please come by and say hi, especially on Friday afternoon or Friday morning when it's going to be really slow. Again, booth 620. I have free chocolate. Thanks again to Casper for their support of TII. If you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. Or it can be a question or rant about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for a new artwork to feature that you created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want the promo uh, being featured in our promo giveaway segment for free. Um, we just need five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out the TII app, which is free to you. Just search for TII in the iTunes app store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Lipson.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Lipson.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.